you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. And God has a word for you today. Job chapter 8 and verse number 7. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should be greatly increase. Though thy beginning was small, thy latter end should greatly increase. I don't have a whole lot of fancy sermon to preach today, but I have a word from the Lord to speak to somebody. And I'm just going to preach it like this today. There are better days ahead for you. You ought to thank God for that today. Come on, give God praise if you believe that. If you're going to receive that word for you today, why don't you lift up your heart and your voice unto the Lord. Come on, lift your voice to him now. Don't sit in silence. Lift your voice and let him know, God, I'm receiving the better days that you have for my future. Go ahead and give him praise this morning. He's worthy of all honor. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Turn to your neighbors. You're being seated and tell them with sincerity. I know sometimes we tell, oh, look at your neighbor and tell them, but I want you to tell somebody sitting by you sincerely this morning, there are better days for you. There are better days ahead for you. I believe that this morning what is ahead of you is greater than what is behind you. If, if I could just preach faith into your spirit this morning, some of you are going to leave your... I know you walked in and you came to church today, but if you will allow me to preach what I feel the way I feel it, and if you will interact with this preacher this morning, I believe some are going to walk out of the doors of this building and you are going to leave here feeling differently than the way you felt when you walked in. It amazes me sometimes how we immortalize the grandeur of things that are in the past. Everything that is gone, everything in the past is um, grandeurized. We, we like to talk about how wonderful it was back then and everything that happened back then must have been so magnificent. This morning I was doing uh, some Google searches and... Um, I was looking for some uh, a, a specific song, and I was trying to find. It's a G.T. Haywood song. I may talk about it tonight, so don't want to give it away. But I was I was looking for a specific song uh, on YouTube this morning, and, and remarkably was surprised that I could not find the song. But I found knockoffs of the song, 
changed to whole different words, different, different authors, but it was the same meaning. And it caught me a little strange today when I began to look at, at the change, how, how same, same meaning, same theme, but the styles had changed. And so I was listening to songs from the early 1900s was a song I was looking for. And then I, I started listening to songs that, that move forward and progress and got up in the 1970s and 1980s and 90s and then modern songs that we sing and how it's the same message but just it sounds a little different. But what I've noticed is is that in our reflection we seem to, to always mention that things the way that used to be is better than the way it is. And um, we have to be careful with that mentality that our best days are behind us. If it happened back then, uh, it may have been great, but I believe that what God has for your future is greater than what God has done for you in your past. Somebody said, well, you don't know the pit from which I was digged and what God did when he brought me out. That's wonderful that he brought you out, but I want you to know that what he is going to do in your future in taking you into the promised land, into the land of hope, your hope of heaven, is even greater than what he brought you. The redemption of bringing you out is wonderful, but the glory of taking you in is going to be even greater. The joy that is set before us is still greater we talk about church services the way they used to be and and the songs that we used to sing and and I remember as a kid I, I have been in church services that lasted until midnight that didn't start at nine o'clock like we do now for watch night services I'm talking about Sunday evening services that start at six or seven and go all the way to midnight any of you want to have that kind of church again there's a few of you raising your hand maybe so uh, let's do that week in and week out when you got to get up and go to work the next morning and you'll be changing your mind. We talk about the way it used to be. I was able to spend some time with my father as he was in the hospital and I intentionally sat at the end of the bed and we talked about some of those things, some of the, the formidable years of his ministry and even some things that I remember as a child. And we talked about, we talked about uh, the first church he pastored that had uh, it was a it didn't have a concrete floor it was elevated and uh, it, the way they build in the south is quite different it's called pier and beam and so the the uh, the houses are built up in the air and uh, air flow can can flow under them the dogs can crawl under the house and the chickens can go under the house and and I remember my dad talking about having church and the chickens walking through and there was slits in the floor holes in the floor and he said you'd be having church and look down and a chicken's walking under your feet and we talked about pews, and I remember the second church that my dad pastored. I was, I was there in the first church, but not in that building. I don't remember that building. I may have been there, but don't remember that building. But the second church my dad pastored, I remember it had six pews, and they were homemade pews. And when you sat down, somebody may yell and jump up, and they were getting blessed, but it wasn't my God. 
because that, those, those pews had a way of pinching the backside and every now and then a nail would work out and it would, it would tear your clothes and, and rip. And, and, and I remember now we're talking about Texas heat when we had, when we had um, a church with no air conditioning. They just had a great big fan in the window. Some of you that went to Hartford City Camp remember camp like that and you, you did okay with it, complained all week long. But, but, but you went to camp like that, but I went to church like that. Not in Indiana, I'm talking about in Texas heat. I went to church like no air conditioning. And I remember my dad, one of my dad's great ministries was building buildings and, 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 and upgrading churches. And he went in and threw those old, old, he threw those old pews that would pinch you when you sat down and stood up. And, and, and you, if sister so-and-so was sitting next to you, if she got to moving too much, you knew you just better stand up with the preacher because you were going to sit there and get blessed whether you wanted to or not. And, and, and there was going to be a commotion that threw those pews out and, and put padded pews in. And I remember when they sealed up the big fan in the window and put central air conditioning in and, and padded pews and brought car it in to the floor. I, I remember Texas camp meeting uh, in the old tabernacle. I remember when they uh, I remember when they did away with the sawdust floor. That's right. I'm old enough to remember those things when they did away with the sawdust floor and poured the concrete slab and 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 uh, I, I remember some of those things. Open sided buildings and and tent revivals that were just set up on the roadside and preachers preaching through megaphones. I, I remember those even in my day, but I, I can remember some of the great things that the Lord has done. Satan would like for us to, to start talking about some of those things and grandeurizing those things and making us believe that the best days are behind us because we're so blessed today to sit in an incredible auditorium like this with, with fancy lighting and great stage and wonderful, wonderful instruments and incredible talent and music and we think because of this that our best days must be behind us but the truth is is that God God has progressed the church to where it is today so that it would be able to reach this modern day in which we are living. I, I'm not going to grandeurize what we had back then. I'll reflect. It makes for interesting stories. Uh, we can talk about more recent times and talk about what God has done in this church when we can talk about dozens being baptized in one service and many receiving the Holy Ghost in one service. But can I come to this pulpit this morning and tell you that our greatest service has not yet been had. The greatest choir song has not been sung. The greatest message has not been preached. The greatest altar call has not yet. Come on somebody. You need to understand that what God has in our future is greater than what has ever been in our past. Come on, give God praise if you believe that this morning. There's nothing for us to look and go back to. I never want to get back to the old life without God. If we're not careful, see, I, I, I know some folks, I've, I talk to some folks, and they get 
carried away when they start talking about what God brought them out of. And instead of glorifying God for what he brought them out from, they began to glorify the enemy and what they used to be. They talked about how bad they were and how much they used to drink and how many packs they used to smoke and how much partying that they did and how many people they ran around with and all the, they, they like to grandeurize all of those things. But I want you to know today that he brought me out of the miry clay and I don't have any desire to go back to what he brought me out of. Don't ever get caught up giving, giving God or giving the devil praise for what you used to be. You need to talk about what you're going to become. Don't grandeurize your failure. Don't grandeurize your fault. Don't tell somebody how bad you are when your temper gets stirred up. You need to tell somebody how good God is and what he saved you from and what he brought you out of. We get all carried away with what used to be, what we have, how blessed we are. We look around us. We're living in a day right now where nobody's saying anything positive about the future. One of the main news broadcasts this morning made a statement. You might have caught it. I read it online this morning. It said in the next decade, America we will, will lose. Uh, we are quickly declining uh, and uh, and, and, and falling in, they said in the next decade that China will be firmly set in the number one position as a superpower, replacing the, the spot that the United States has set in for many, many years. And, and, and now they're saying that, uh, it, that, that we're on a course that cannot be corrected and that, that things are going to be down. They're, they're saying inflation is up 9.1% this year, still going to elevate. They're raising interest rates again and, and looking for two more times before the end of this year. They're predicting that we're headed hard into a recession, perhaps one that will, that will uh, be greater than the one in, in the early 1980s and, and everybody's predicting what's wrong and everybody's predicting what is bad and everybody's caught up in what's going on now and talking about the future that it's never going to be what it used to be and, 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 and the money you used to make and the security you used to have and, and everybody's talking about we're never going to get back to where we were pre-COVID and we're never going to get back to where we were pre-9-11 and everybody's talking about, uh, you know, the gloom and the despair of our future. But I just want to come this morning and tell you that you can believe whatever report you want to believe. But my kingdom, the Lord said, is not of this world. I, I come today to tell you that the people of God are not on track for your life to move into a course of destruction and despair. But I want you to know that we have a hope that is beyond this world you got to understand what I'm preaching this morning. We've got to see that the best days are ahead of us. 
I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe some of you have struggled financially and you wonder, God, am I going to ever be able to get back to where it used to be? If I can preach some faith into you, you can have more than what you've ever had. David said, I once was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Some of you have been through health crisis and you wonder, will I ever get back to where I used to be? I come today to tell you God wants to give you wholeness. He wants to give you health. He wants to strengthen you and encourage you. I don't know, a few years ago, eight or ten years ago, massive flooding came through southern Indiana. Several of you will remember it. The river flooded Columbus, Indiana. How many of you remember that? Columbus, Indiana. All the historical district went under. Flooded more water than they had ever seen in history since they've been keeping records. Over a hundred years, more water. The flood beyond the flood of 1913, which was their worst flood in their history. The water ran through the streets. Was unconcerned about the historical value of homes and businesses destroying lives and belongings. Sixteen families in the Sanctuary Church of Columbus lost their houses and belongings due to the rising floodwaters. Brother Reggie McLaurin, my dear friend, and his wife lost their home and almost everything in their home. Two levels of a tri-level home was completely lost. I ran into Brother McLaurin at camp meeting following that disaster. And I said, Brother McLaurin, how are you guys doing? How are you getting along? And how are you coping? And he said, Brother Jordan, we're going to be okay. He said, because I refuse to allow it to stop me. When they finally got things back together, they got everything done. He came back to me and began to talk to me. He said, man, he said, our walls needed painted. He said, we got brand new walls and they're all painted. He said, the carpet needed redone. He said, we got brand new carpet on the floor. It was old and worn out before. We got brand new carpet on the floor. He starts telling me about how that when things were put back together, it was better than what it had ever been. Been. Let me bring you to our text this morning. When the, the, the word of the Lord came unto to Job and, and it talked about his beginning and I, I come to tell you today I don't have time to preach the whole story of Job but you know how that Job came from a very humble beginning and Job then was blessed of the Lord but he was not blessed in the beginning until he went through the loss of everything that he had. Job lost his family, his children Job lost his health, he lost his wealth, he lost his belongings. He lost everything that he had, but in the end, God gave 
back to Job more than he had ever had from the beginning. The Lord restored back to Job and gave him back more than what he could have ever had had he have not been through what he went through. That very fact this morning is the reason that I rise to this pulpit and come to preach to some of you. I am not here this morning to deny the tragedies that you've been through, the crisis you've been through, the loss that you have felt, the emotional pressure and sorrow and grief that you have felt. Not denying the fact of the financial ruin that you've been through or maybe going through. I'm not coming this morning to belittle or play down all that you have felt and all you've been through, but I am coming this morning to tell you that your latter end is going to be greater. Well, pastor, I just don't see how it's possible. I don't either, but God said, I have a future for you that is better than your past. I have better days ahead for you than those that you have been through. And if you will receive that word this morning, God is going to lift somebody's spirit. God is going to allow somebody to walk out of here better than you walked in. Go ahead now and give God praise if you receive that word for yourself this morning. Oh, come on, give him praise once more. In Genesis, the ninth chapter, verse number 28, the Bible says, just a little, just a little passage in there where the scripture said in Genesis 9, 28, Noah He lived after the flood 350 years. Now, we've talked about this before, but it's just too good for me not to share with you again. Noah lived after the flood. Everybody say after. He lived after the flood. When we talk about Noah, you want to talk about the ark. When we talk about Noah, we talk about 40 years of preaching and building the ark. We, we talk about a flood that, that was a defining point, a great part of Noah's life. About 120 years he spent preparing the ark. Five months of his life perhaps uh, was lived during the flood and the aftermath of the flood before that the doors could be opened and he could walk out uh, again to start life all over. But the Bible said that Noah lived 350 years after the flood. <clears throat> now what we normally define Noah with is the flood. But we fail to notice that the majority of Noah's life was not built, was not lived during the flood. It wasn't even lived preparing for the flood. But the majority of Noah's life was lived after the flood. See, we we magnify 
what he went through. We magnify the flood. We magnify him preaching and nobody listening and nobody coming on board. But we fail to magnify the fact that he preached 120 years and saved his family. Come on, somebody. Hear what I'm telling you. You say, oh, man, I'm going through it. Listen, maybe God's just saving your family. Maybe God's setting you up. It may not be your whole neighborhood, but if you preach 120 years and your family is saved, you ought to not feel like I didn't do anything. I haven't accomplished anything. Hey, somebody, if your family's saved, you ought to give him praise for it. If your family's serving God, you ought to be rejoicing over it. After the flood, Noah was the only one who knew how to offer sacrifices. It fell his lot to be the spiritual leader. Before the flood, Noah is attributed to hearing from God and building an ark, saving his family, and ultimately the world. After the flood, all that is attributed to Noah is getting drunk and walking around naked. That's a struggle. Why is it that we talk so much about the trouble and the failure? Hello? You awake out there this morning? Why do we focus so much on the trouble and the failure that somebody has rather than us recognizing what God has done and what God has given us? Somebody said, I've been paying my tithes my whole life, and I never received a financial miracle. Maybe God's adding days to your life. Somebody said, I've been faithful to God my whole life, and here I am dealing with sickness in the end. Maybe your whole family is going to be saved. Maybe what you're going through, maybe what you're going through is just a setup for a ministry that God is going to call you to. Remember, Jesus struggled through life. He lived in this world. He was not of this world, but lived in this world for 30 years and only had a three and a half year ministry. His ministry impacted the entire world. But listen, he didn't live his whole life involved in what he was sent and the very purpose that he was sent to, to be here in this world. Hear me this morning that you may feel like, well, I'm not doing much, but here is what I want you to understand this morning is that when God has ordered your steps, he will do with your life in a few days what you could have never done with your life in an entire lifetime. People become defined by their past, defined by their fault, defined by their brokenness. That's the young lady whose parents got a divorce. That's the girl who was abused. That's the guy who was addicted. That's the one who attempted suicide. That's the, the, the guy that went to jail. That's, that's the girl that was hurt by what someone said. And, and that's people identify. When you walk in a room, you think that's what they're talking about. This is what 
causes people to pull the curtains shut at their home and just stay in bed because everything that they've gone through in the past is, is what is defining them and defining their future. They, they don't want to get out of bed and they don't want to go see the grandkids and don't want to be sociable because they are going through so much and they have been through so much. The living that Noah did after the flood what was what separated Noah from everybody else. The flood was a defining event in his life. Yes, it was. But the fact that he lived through it is what set him apart from everybody else. And the living that he did after was more than what he had in the beginning. I come today to tell you that what God gave Job in the end was greater than what Job had in the beginning. No, it wasn't the same, but it was greater. Everybody, everybody in this room needs to hear this preacher this morning when I come to tell you that, that, that you've got to stop allowing things from your past to stop you moving forward toward your future. Tragedy strikes and life seemingly stops at that point. In the early 1960s, around 1960, my mother and father lost a child 17 days old. It was a real trial for them. The death of a 17-day-old child would be tough for anyone. The doctor said that my mother would never have another child. And then seven years later, uh-oh, Ezekiel listed Noah, Daniel, and Job as righteous men. Ezekiel 14, 14, here's what he said. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith God. Watch this now. What was it that defined those three righteous men who lived through it? Everybody say through it. They lived through it. For Noah, it was the flood. Before the flood, Noah built an ark, preached a 120-year revival, and only saved his family out of it. The human race was saved also from extinction after the flood all he is attributed with are things that are embarrassing because the past had such a such a had such a control on the history of of Noah for Daniel it was the lions den before the b b before b for Daniel it was the lions den before Daniel's den he interpreted the king's vision but watch this after Daniel went through the lions den Daniel had his own vision Oh, you're not hearing this preacher this morning. For Job, it was everything except his life. He lost it all. Job was the wealthiest man in the East. He was the wealthiest man in the East, though the scripture said his beginning was but small. Oh, Pastor, you don't know what I've had, what I've been blessed with. You don't know what a great, you don't know how great my life has been. There is no way that anything, you're just up there preaching a bunch of nonsense. No, listen, God said, Job, it was just a small beginning. Yet he was the wealthiest man in the East. 
because here's how God looks at it. It doesn't matter how great your beginning has been. He says, I have a brand new future for you and something I am going to give you and bless you with in your future that is greater than anything that you could have ever had in your beginning. Hey, it's not, I'm just preaching what the Lord gave me this morning, but if you will reach up and grab it, if you'll grab a hold of it today, God's going to lift somebody up. God's going to strengthen somebody. Somebody's going to walk out of here this morning feeling like you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof because God has already spoken a word to you today and said, I have something better for your future than you could have ever had in your past. Here's the difference maker. Your vision for the future must be greater than your remembrance of the past. It's up to you. Your future is one decision away. Will you begin to see what God is wanting to do in your future? Or will you cling to the memory of what you have been through in your past? Noah, Daniel, Job, they all lived through it. And you did too. You've lived through it. And you thought you just came to church on Sunday morning to register in, check in, and be counted in the number and put a little money in the offering plate and do your, your duty this week and go on home. But I came to tell you that God said, uh-uh, I have another plan for you. This can be a defining moment. This can be a decision-making moment regarding your future. Everything that God has for, your, for you is in your future. I got to close very quickly. Your past was never intended to define you. What you've been through was never intended to define you. How you handle what you've been through will have everything to do with what your future is going to look like. In Matthew chapter 7, there's a parable of some houses. Jesus said, whoever hears the sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house upon a rock. The rain descends, the flood came, the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not. It lived through it. For it was founded upon a rock. But good things didn't happen for that house that was built upon the sand. For when the rains descended and the winds blew, that house fell and great was the fall of it. In this parable of the houses, the fact that the house stood after the storm was the point of the entire parable. It was the fact that after the storm passed, the house was still livable. Have I lost you this morning? It's the living that you do after the storm comes that is going to define you. 
I wish I could get a better amen than that from somebody today. Some of you are just pushing this off, and I feel it this morning. Some of you are just resisting it and resisting it and resisting it, and God is saying, if you'll claim it, if you'll grab a hold of it, if you'll grab what I have, it's going to change your future. I feel it so strongly this morning. Somebody needs to say, that's mine. I'm grabbing it. That's mine. I'm not letting it go. I'm getting a hold of it. I'm not going to walk out of here the way I walked in. I walked in under it but because I've been through it, but I'm walking out over the top of it because God has sent me a word today and says my best days and my blessed days are ahead of me. Somebody ought to get up on your feet and give God praise this morning. You ought to lift up your voice. You ought to shout to God because he sent a word to you, to you today and he's saying it's going to be better. It's going to be greater. You're going to overcome it. You've lived through. Come on, somebody. You ought to go ahead and just get excited about it. You ought to clap over it. You ought to lift your voice over it. You ought to shout to the rafters. Shake in this room because God's got something greater for you. God's got something better. I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish preaching right here. i got a lot more to say, but I'm finishing right here because somebody needs to say it's mine. I'm getting that I'm getting a hold of it because it's my word. It's my prophecy. It's what God is sending to me today. Come on, somebody step out. Step out from where you are. Walk to the front of this room and claim it. In Jesus' name, I lay hold on that blessing. I lay hold on that future. I lay hold on that vision. Come on, praise him for it this morning. Praise him for it this morning. Your loss was great, but your future is greater. Your pain was great, but your future is greater. Come on, lift both hands and claim it right now. Lord, I take hold of it. I don't want to just hear it. I want it to be part of me. Come on, declare I'm going to walk in it. I'm walking forward into it. step over to somebody and just grab them by the hand right now and say come on we're going to do it together come on we're going to have faith together we're going to walk into the future together my marriage is going to be better than it's ever been my family is going to be better than it's ever been my walk with God is going to be greater than it's ever been. It's not over. It's just beginning. It's just beginning.
you to lift your hands all over the room right now. I'm going to pray specifically for some in this room today. God, I pray right now that you give some in this room that have heard the word but are battling and struggling to claim it as theirs. I pray right now, God, that you give them courage to be able to step out on a limb and trust you, to believe you, God. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you strengthen the faith of every person in this room. God, not for those that grabbed it quickly and easily this morning, but for those who may be struggling to grab a hold of what you have spoken today, I pray, God, you give them the courage and the wisdom and the strength, Lord, to step out on faith and know that while I don't understand it, I know by faith that all things are working for my good. To know, God, that you've got everything in control. To know, God, that you're walking with us through everything that we go through. I pray right now, God. Release it upon them. Release it upon them. Come on with your hands lifted high toward heaven. I want you just to tell the Lord today, God, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. As, as hard as it may be today, God, I receive what you are speaking into my spirit this morning. I receive it. I receive the strength you're sending this morning. Go ahead right now. Go ahead and just let the Lord know I receive that strength right now. I receive that encouragement right now. I receive. Lord, I receive that infusion of faith that you're sending me right now. I receive this word with gladness and joy today. I receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, put the name of the Lord over it and put a praise on it now. Come on, lift your voice and put praise on it. Seal it with praise this morning. Seal it with praise today. Ah, oh, he's always making a way for us.